Hey everyone, and welcome to the sixth installment of the Drive Home Podcast with Max Porter. I hope you all have been well. To my Northern Hemisphere listeners, I hope that you all are happy that the flowers are starting to bloom, the leaves on the trees are coming back, the animals are coming out of hiding, because spring is here and summer is right around the corner. Today we're going to be discussing cancel culture. What really is it? Why is it a thing? What are its merits and faults? Has it gone too far? Should we cancel cancel culture? To help me unravel this, I'm going to be talking with my friend and classmate, Cole Breen, who has many thoughts on the subject. All of that and much more. I hope you enjoy. Cancel culture. While this is usually a topic that conservatives and right news media talk about, I'm purely talking about cancel culture to educate you all and reflect on the merits and faults of this culture, not to stir any pots or advance any sort of agenda. The sources that I use for this story are Wikipedia, Psychology Today, The New York Times, YouTube, CNN, and more. Christopher Columbus, George Washington, J.K. Rowling, Ellen DeGeneres, Dr. Seuss, Johnny Depp, Papa John, Lance Armstrong, Chris Harrison, Logan Paul, Piers Morgan. These are some of the people who have fallen victim, aka been canceled, to a growing unofficial movement on Earth, cancel culture. But just like any foggy, broad, and deeply polarizing topic that I cover on this show, I'm here to truly and accurately define cancel culture. According to Wikipedia and most other sources, cancel culture is a modern form of ostracism in which someone is shamed and effectively thrust out of society, culture, the workforce, education for historical figures, and in more areas because they have allegedly done something, are, or represent something controversial or offensive. For simplicity's sake, and your sake, I don't want to make the idea of cancel culture too complicated, Cancel culture does not account for punishments for illegal deeds enforced by law or a court. For example, Derek Chauvin, Bill Cosby, O.J. Simpson, R. Kelly, Harvey Weinstein, but instead only accounts for punishments for inappropriate or offensive acts enforced by individual people and groups. For example, J.K. Rowling, Chris Harrison, Piers Morgan, etc. Additionally, only humans can be canceled. Not Dr. Seuss's books, Aunt Jemima, or the Washington Redskins, for example. These punishments can either end up being temporary or permanent. Humans are adapted to, like, quote, canceling people for five reasons, according to Psychology Today. Taking part can increase social status. Cancel culture can reveal enemies and diminish their social status. Cancel culture strengthens bonds. And cancel culture produces fast rewards. But while cancel culture is not new, there is no denying that its prevalence has increased over the past two decades or so. With the rise of social media, the main vehicle of cancel culture, and the public's increasing access to individuals' information, thoughts, words, and lives, there are more chances for society to see someone allegedly do something controversial, wrong, or offensive, and more opportunities for people to band together and cancel them. Additionally, social media has added a veil of invisibility so that people can cancel more easily and without repercussions. A Harvard University poll shows that 64% of Americans don't like cancel culture and view it as a threat to freedom. However, this still leaves out the 34% that either do like cancel culture or don't see a significant issue with it. Where are the people on both sides coming from and who's in the right? 
buckle your seatbelts because this is a moral, philosophical, and legal issue. Supporters of cancel culture are for holding others accountable, something everyone agrees should happen, in a different, non-traditional type of way, ostracism and shaming from a mass of people allowed by social media. On the other hand, the majority of Americans who disagree with cancel culture think that cancel culture has merits in canceling those who have made very severe mistakes, but is going about accountability for more minor actions in the wrong way. There are a few reasons why this is so in their eyes. For one, within the reins of our widely accepted cancel culture definition, in many cases, people are being canceled for not illegal but offensive and inappropriate acts that are in many cases lone and one-time mistakes. Because of the severity of their punishments, many on social media ganging up on someone and getting them fired or kicked out of society and culture, etc., cancel culture is making these less severe and sometimes subjective types of mistakes define the offender's lives. Cancel culture fails to realize in these instances that people are not perfect and make mistakes. Therefore, it's incorrect and wrong to ostracize them and potentially ruin their lives for being imperfect at one or a few points in time. Additionally, cancel culture may in fact be counterproductive. I would imagine in the history of the world, nobody's changed their opinion because they got punched in the face. Because it now makes them the victim. So, hug a Nazi. Christian Piccolino now runs Life After Hate, a counter-radicalization group, and says that the key to reaching and reforming white supremacists is understanding. The best way yes. to destroy hate is with love. I'm sorry. You said what now? The goal of cancel culture, in addition to holding someone accountable, is to possibly change someone's views and help them realize why what they have done is wrong. Studies show that showing compassion, understanding, and kindness is the most successful way to do this, to educate someone possibly in the wrong. Cancel culture is instead ostracizing those that are imperfect and backing them into a corner, making them less willing to change their views and realize the potential wrong in what they have done. The third fault in cancel culture, in the opposers of its eyes, is that because it has a bandwagon effect, People almost always assume that an accusation is automatically true, guilty until proven innocent. While this is a good thing in many cases when enough evidence is brought forth to confirm an accusation, in others it is not. In many cases, people have been cancelled accidentally when, in fact, they did nothing wrong. Take James Charles, a YouTuber for example. James Charles was accused of manipulating straight men into engaging in sexual activities with him, a gay man, by a fellow YouTuber, Toddy Westbrook. It turns out that the allegations were not true and were made up to gain YouTube views. Before people realized that these allegations were not true, James was cancelled, lost around 4 million subscribers, and had his reputation tarnished. And I'll leave you with this. Here's former President Barack Obama talking about why cancel culture may be problematic. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, I, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting 
may love their kids and you know share certain things with you and 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 i think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college campuses, Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because man you see how woke I was I called you out <laughs> I get on TV watch my show watch Gronish um, you know that's not that's not activism that, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. And here's Cole Breen, my interviewee, to talk about cancel culture and possibly help you reach a conclusion on what you think about cancel culture. Hi, Cole. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to be here, Max. What are your thoughts on cancel culture and why? Has it gone too far? So cancel culture, in my opinion, it has both its good and bad qualities. I'd say that in our current political atmosphere, I think it's gone too far. But I think it's sort of a good accountability tool. Because when you look at people like Harvey Weinstein and um, Christopher Columbus and other people like that, I think you can understand why they needed to be canceled. And, uh, for example, Harvey Weinstein is this like huge movie producer, and for years he was getting away with groping and sexually assaulting females. And finally, after the advent of the Me Too movement, he was finally taken from this position of power where he could continue to abuse girls and stuff like that. So I think there's definitely sort of a heroic element there, I guess. But I think we need to reimagine the way in which we cancel people I guess and it should be sort of about teachable moments rather than stripping people of their social status or their job or anything like that because at the end of the day if we want to hold each other accountable we have to create moments where we can all learn I guess I mean my opinion on cancel culture is kind of the same I think that um, when looking at people who have kind of made one mistake and uh, it's not just defining their life uh, like Harvey Weinstein who's groped and sexually assaulted for right. years. Um, I don't think we should cancel, quote, cancel them for that. We should instead teach them why that was wrong, kind of um, bring them back into cult culture and society um, with new knowledge about what they did wrong so they can improve off that and not make a mistake again, but I just don't think that kind of shaming, public shaming people and, you know, going to the point of ruining their lives for something that may be mild, um, I don't think that's the right way to persuade them in the right direction, which is the goal. It's for accountability. And I'm Absolutely. The, yeah, and I'm the first one to hold someone accountable. I'll be the first one in any room to do that. But I just don't think cancel culture is doing that in the right way. We shouldn't cancel people. We should just teach them why what they did was wrong. And this only goes for 
uh, kind of minor, I guess, in compared to Harvey Weinstein and all those big things, just minor um, instances of uh, inappropriate things. Now, going off that last point, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the buck stops, I guess? What is acceptable for someone to be canceled for, I guess? Because you can think of Harvey Weinstein, yeah. but then you can think of uh, like minor cases like influencers who mm-hmm. get caught up a hot mic or say something offensive. And I'm wondering where teachable moments stop and where real accountability starts, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think it goes from case to case. You can make a... It's not just the same for everyone. I think that what I do is take a utilitarian view of everything and see if what they have done in life outweighs the bad. Christopher Columbus obviously discovered the New World when he arrived in the Bahamas in 1492. However, when he was there, he mutilated, killed, and enslaved hundreds or thousands of indigenous people. Today, what has been formally known as Columbus Day is now called Indigenous Peoples Day in many places, and Columbus has been rebranded in most places as evil instead of a hero. Is it acceptable to have canceled Christopher Columbus? Now, I would actually agree with this form of cancel culture. I think that what he has done in the past, this is an evil historical figure who massacred an entire culture of people, erased them from the earth. And I think this is an excellent example where culture, cancel culture can go right, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the thing about this is that when you think of uh, Christopher Columbus in the past, maybe when you were like taught about him in like elementary school, for example, you were taught about him as this like great explorer, this hero who discovered the new world. And in reality, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. But he does have importance in history. Like, for example, uh, many Italian-Americans... Um, especially in the New York City area, they'll celebrate him as this sort of like, the best way I could compare it is sort of like a St. Patrick kind of figure, something of ethnic pride for them, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for them to abandon that idea of a hero, I guess, when it comes to that. Perspective, kind of. And that's what's unfortunate about cancel culture. And obviously this is different for Christopher Columbus, but it's unfortunate that people can lose status or their reputation so fast. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to consider, especially when you're canceling somebody. Obviously, when you're comparing it to somebody who's uh, guilty of genocide, among other things, obviously that's not going to matter. They deserve to lose what reputation they had. They deserve to lose that status, I guess. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to these minor cases, you're really harming somebody, I guess. And yeah. the thing is, if it goes too far, you could create real harm. Mm-hmm. Maybe to that victim. Maybe More harm than good sometimes. Although, I just called him a victim, and I wonder if it's appropriate to call somebody a victim of cancel culture, I guess. Mm-hmm. Especially when people use it as an accountability tool, I yeah, guess. Yeah, maybe, maybe more of a student, I guess. I don't know, just of learning from their mistakes. I guess you could kind of call them that to an extent. Looking at Christopher Columbus, I do think he should have been canceled. I mean, as Cole said... He committed basically genocide. Uh, Anyone could have discovered the New World and not have done that. That was uh, horrific. Um, And I I, I do think that looking from a uh, utilitarian point of view, again, um, he committed more bad deeds than good. Um, Someone could have discovered the New World without doing all of those terrible, terrible things. So the second kind of case study is that 
In May 2016, Johnny Depp and his wife, Amber Heard, divorced. Following this, Amber Heard came forward with allegations of domestic abuse, physical, mental, and emotional. And since then, Depp has been eliminated from many movie, show, and advertisement roles, despite evidence that Heard's allegations have not been true and that Depp has not been found guilty of any crime. Is it acceptable to have canceled Johnny Depp? This is a total example of he said, she said. And that's why these cases get so complex, I guess. Because Johnny Depp is this figure that people look up to. I mean, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, Edward Scissorhands, basically every Tim Burton movie you could ever name. And uh, when you start, and Amber Heard is his wife, and obviously maybe she has credibility when speaking about this abuse. Because obviously, the sad thing about this is that we can never get like a full picture of their lives. You know, we don't have a TV screen to look yeah. through to understand where this, uh, where these allegations came from. Because I want to venture on the side that I don't believe that Amber Heard is this crazy psychopath that meant to ruin Johnny Depp's yeah. life. I think to a point, whether it is Johnny Depp or Amber Heard who was doing the abuse, I think that there's validity in each of those claims. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing is, uh, I want to talk about sort of uh, these kinds of allegations, I guess, because... Uh, Many times you'll see people on, like, college campus, for example, uh, get accused of sort of, like, uh, sexual abuse, among other things, and they'll get these things taken away. They'll get their uh, degrees taken away from them. They'll get their sports opportunities taken away from them. And, honestly, the idea of false accusations when it comes to cancel culture is a very powerful thing. And I think that's definitely something we need to consider when talking about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. And that's another thing about cancel culture that I want to mention. I think we really need to be careful when we're lobbying these accusations and uh, this trouble towards these people. Yeah, I think that one of the big mistakes uh, of cancel culture in many instances is that they believe guilty before innocent. Um, And, you know, compared to a case like Derek Chauvin, the evidence is out there that he did something wrong. There are videos, medical records, all of that. But in Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's uh, case, there's not really any of that. And people have kind of just hop on the bandwagon of, you know, Johnny Depp bad, uh, Amber Heard good. Um, And there's not enough evidence to determine either of those things. I don't think we should jump to those conclusions yet. Absolutely. Um, And once Johnny Depp is kind of confirmed either in a court of law or more evidence is brought forward that he did something wrong, then yes, of course, I think we should cancel him um, because these are serious things that he's being accused of. Um, But right now, there's not enough evidence to prove that he's guilty of anything. What would you say to supporters of cancel culture? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I guess I'd say that you're in the right mind but you're in the wrong place, I guess. You understand that people need to be held accountable for their actions. You understand that there are bad people out there who continue to abuse their power and their places of privilege, I guess. But what you don't understand is the harm of cancel culture, the overreach of cancel culture. In those minor cases. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, what's it called? You can think of these major cases like Harvey Weinstein, but the, the problem with... The more minor victim is, is that they go silent. 
They have nobody def to defend them. They're not uh, all out over the internet, I guess. There's mm -hmm. no way to see all the minuscule details of each case, you know. There's no way to fairly evaluate that. And that's the problem with cancel culture, is the evaluation. Because uh, people will believe anything they hear over the internet these days. Yeah. Anything. And uh, what's it called? Um, when, when that's the case, uh, people tend to jump to conclusions, and there's really no way for the victim to, or the student, as you call them, to get, <laughs> to get uh, justice, I guess, in that sense. And what I'd like to see going forward is a, this is going to sound stupid, but learning culture, a learning culture. Yeah, no, I agree. Where people understand the harm of their actions, the, the harm they've done towards their victims, I guess. Because accountability is only good if it helps the victim change. Because if somebody's been completely canceled, I guess... They have nowhere to go but down. Mm -hmm. They have no. They have no reason to do better in their lives. They only have a reason to do worse. You know, like there's no redemption story for them. I guess. Yeah. And I think that's important because I think that um, we all deserve redemption. You know, our 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 past does not define us mm -hmm. in most cases. Thank you so much, Cole, for uh, joining me. Yeah, I really like being on here. Thanks, Max. Now to the top five headlines. Number five, apparent resurgence in Black Lives Matter's push for policing reform. Over the past month or so, there has been an apparent increase in what many Black Lives Matter activists deem as unjust police killings, and therefore there has been a visible rise in demands for police reform. Notably, a 16-year-old named Makia Bryant was killed by police on April 20th, after they were called to a party to break up a fight that she was involved in. Body cam footage shows that she was lunging at another girl with a knife, provoking one of the officers to shoot. Number 4. California Governor Recall Election A petition requiring 1.5 million signatures to conduct a recall election for Democrat California Governor Brian Newsom has reached its goal. Newsom has been heavily criticized by both Democrats and Republicans for his strict handling of the COVID-19 pandemic in California since its arrival. The recall election will occur later this year, with candidates running such as Caitlyn Jenner, John Cox, Newsom himself, and more. Number 3. CDC Updates COVID-19 Guidelines for Vaccinated People the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has recently announced that vaccinated individuals do not need to wear masks outdoors unless in crowds. Many are pleased by this. Everyone, and I mean everyone, is happy to see some signs of normality returning at a safe rate. Number 2. Mass Shootings in the United States The U.S. has seen a significant rise in mass shootings, over 147 since 2021 began. Advocates for gun control and reform are demanding common-sense gun laws such as an assault rifle ban and universal background checks. And number one, the COVID-19 situation in India. India has seen a severe rise in COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths in the past month. I'm sure you have seen the images of the mass cremations occurring in fields, full hospitals, and overflowing bodies all around the country of 1 billion people. Absolutely heartbreaking. Scientists are currently scrambling to find the cause of the outbreak. It could be related to coronavirus variants, and other nations are debating sending more vaccines to India. And that's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. 
But before you go, here's the quote of the week. Failure is success in progress by Albert Einstein. Let me repeat that again. Failure is success in progress by Albert Einstein.